listening to the C to Z movies. My name is Colin. I am the C. Uh, joining me as ever is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello, Colin. I was a bit worried just now because it didn't seem like uh, my audacity was working. But, well, it seems to be recording now. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen for the rest of this podcast. For those who don't know behind the scenes, he wasn't just talking about you know his mental attitude when he talked about his audacity. Audacity no, is no. the name of some software that we use to record this stuff. Is it, you're feeling audacious. Not particularly, <laughs> but um, everything you know, technology-wise, today is not working for me. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see. I'll apologize yeah. uh, to the listener. If this sounds terrible for <laughs> you know, once. Yes. Um, yes today we are mostly talking about the the living legend that is Tom Hanks. We are doing a Tom Hanks film ranking. We're also uh, doing a quiz on Jumanji. We're looking back in uh, the film Terms of Endearment and much much more much more and we start as we always do with some news Zijan what's going on in the world Hello. of movies well there's a bit of news that came out in the past week and then it got refuted in the same week okay so I'm not too sure whether to share or not it's basically that the Joker sequel is happening uh, uh, yes there was rumours of that happening uh, apparently Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix are supposed to return and then in a few days afterwards uh, Todd Phillips the director said no uh, yeah that's that's not correct yeah um in fact, there seem to be. So uh, it's not really news. So it's like the it's, most it's unnewsworthy got, news got, that I'm putting on at the that's, front that's of the podcast. Top, top spot. Um, in fact, <laughs> there've been three different stories. There's kind of one that's saying that's happening, one that's not, and then there's one saying that he's doing or someone's doing kind of origin stories of other villains in the same style or same idea. Yes, I heard about that. Uh, yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that when DC runs out of ideas, it feels like, yep, this is what you do. Yeah, I mean, I'd be astonished if they weren't talking about these things because what I mean it's their job to talk about these things but that doesn't mean, mean they're planning it or it's going to happen yeah, well I always thought that Joker was a quite a good standalone film I wouldn't be up for watching a sequel anyway so no I think I think it'd be a big mistake to do a sequel to this um, yeah. I think it would lose a lot of what it what it had and the whole point is his kind of his flip from from downtrodden to being this kind of killer and I think well going from being a killer to being a slightly more organised killer it's not mm. a it's not as exciting. Uh, Zijan, if I was to say the word uh, McClunky to you, uh, what would you say to me? This feels like a trick question. You familiar with McClunky? No, not at all. No, uh, then you, Zijan, have not been paying attention to the latest uh, twists and turns in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. What? Uh, why, why? So, yeah, I know that you're not the world's biggest Star Wars fan, but um, you may be familiar with the fact that George Lucas uh, loves to play around with his Star Wars films. Like, uh-huh. He likes to redub and put in new effects and cut things and add things and all sorts. Um, in fact, I'm not sure he's ever cut anything, but he likes to add stuff. Um, well, the latest is on Disney Plus. This is this is this week's uh, Disney Plus news. Um, they've got the Star Wars films on there, and unbeknownst to anyone. Uh, they've got George Lucas's latest version of them. Uh, okay. Now you're familiar with the scene where Greedo and Han Solo shoot each other. Somewhat. Yes, and there's there's a, there's a significant controversy amongst Star Wars fans of who shot first. So in the original version, oh, okay, okay, Han, yep. Han shot first, and later versions Greedo shot first. Now they kind of shoot yep. together. Anyway, in this latest version, there's a new bit where Greedo says McClunky just before shooting Han. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, I read about yeah, this. And it's taking the Jeez, it took me such a long time to get there's it. A lot, yeah, there's a lot okay. of background there. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's taken uh, social media by storm. Is that it? That's it, that's the news. <laughs> How? Yeah, I, I, don't, I definitely don't win the worst beat of news <laughs> to begin this podcast with, honestly. 
So there you go. Can, can you beat um, Nothing's Happening and Someone Said McClunky? Those are top two news stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 mm. um, has casted Pom Clementif. Uh, it has. Uh, who Those who do not know who she is, and um, I can understand why, because she's still not that well-known yet. She plays Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. And if you watch Black Mirror, she was in one of the Black Mirror episodes as well. Was she? Who was she? Yeah, uh, striking wipers. Uh, she was one oh, of the video game characters. Of she was. Yes. Mm, yeah, uh, Mission Impossible Seven Eight. It will be coming out in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two respectively, and Tom Cruise is going to be back. Um, I hear that she's going to be back. For, she's going to be in both films both. as well. So it's a femme fatale, apparently. Oh, okay. Well, that means she wouldn't die in the first the Mission Impossible Seven anyway. Uh, well, probably not. Or so we think. Flashbacks. Uh, yes, yeah, so already cast Haley Atwell as well. And I guess everyone else is coming back. Well, I don't know if we'll get to... I don't know if we'll see Jeremy Renner back in the franchise. I think he's always hovering. Probably not. Um, so I did mention uh, when we were talking about Joker that it's a, it's apparently the first R-rated film to make a billion dollars that happened since we it last did. recorded. So, uh, it definitely well, did. Well, well done, it. Joker. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 4 <laughs> is coming to Netflix. Something uh, that people have been looking forward to. Yeah, have they? And asking for no, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I saw the first one once; it was, it was fun. Is this Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy. It's the Eddie Murphy Renaissance is happening oh. right now. We're living through it. Um, he's made a film called Dynamite is my name, which I have not yet seen, but is is on my list, um, which apparently is very very good. Um, and I think off the back of that, which is a Netflix film, off the back of that, Netflix like what what else? What other Eddie Murphy projects can we green light? <laughs> Norbit Two is coming. Uh, yeah, everyone wants that. <laughs> Uh, Dream Girls Two, Meet that Dave Two. <laughs> Dream Girls isn't bad though. So no, Dream Girls is very good. Yeah, I don't put Dream Girls in with uh, Norbert, honestly. No, I was just thinking the first Eddie Murphy films I could think of. Um, Mr. Church Two. I saw, yeah. of, I saw a bit of Meet Dave once. It's terrible. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some some better news. Uh, Brad Pitt and Emma Stone uh, in talks to star in uh, Damien Chazelle's new film Babylon. Mm. Uh, yeah, Damien Chazelle, director of La La Land and Whiplash. Um, and First is, Man. Yeah, and First Man is set to uh, direct this new drama set in 1920s Hollywood. And apparently Stone, uh, Emma Stone is in talks to play uh, Clara Bow. Clara Bow. The uh, original Hollywood It Girl, for those mm. who don't know. I didn't know that, so I had to look this up as well. Um, yes, I, yes I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen any of her films, but yes, but yeah, very famous in the early days of Hollywood. Yeah, um, apparently... So this is the... It's set in the 1920s where um, where black and white films, silent films, uh, turned into um, talkies. Which is... Uh, which has been done countless times. I gotta say, uh, it's well-trodden part of the artist fairly recently. Yeah, um, but apparently, rain, I suppose, but. yeah. Apparently, this was uh, quite. This is going to take a darker turn of it because um, Clara Bow didn't make the jump, or uh, didn't, didn't do right. it well. So they're going to look into that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like it has some crossover with La La Land, with kind of Emma Stone character being a aspiring actress, and obviously Brad Pitt is just a once upon a time in Hollywood, so exploring old Hollywood stuff, very mm-hmm. different era. But uh, hmm. Well, I'll watch this anyway. I like Damien Chazelle, even yeah. though I didn't watch First Man. <laughs> I'll say First Man was a, a disappointment for me, but um, pretty good too, certainly. Uh, what else we got? Um, the There's a film called The Last Duel, um, which is coming out in Christmas next year. 
which is being directed by Ridley Scott, but is starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and is being written by them. Um, okay. Which I think is the first time they've written something together for... For a while. When was the last time? Well, I'm not sure they've done it since Goodwill Hunting. Um, which was maybe they, they might have contributed to Dogma, maybe. Anyway, because um, it's quite surprising they won an Oscar for that. And I, you kind of think they would write Continue doing that, lots, right? But um, suddenly they haven't. Up to now, but that's, um, I think it's coming out, I think it's a Fox Disney uh, film. Although well, all Fox films are Fox Disney films now. But they, they did their long list of films that are coming out, and that was in there. So who knows, they might shift it around a bit. But uh, I would, uh, I'm in, in, intrigued. Um, I can't actually remember what it's about. I think it's a period thing, but uh, just just the reuniting of those two is quite intriguing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's been a while since I've seen them. Yeah, uh, anyway. Yeah, King Charles VI declares that the knight Jean de Cruyff settled his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. Nice. Nice French pronunciation. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, coming from a non-French Malaysian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's spot on. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, uh, do you, you know the Uncharted film that's uh, supposed to be yes. coming up? Yes. Uh, Tom Holland is starring in it. Uncharted is a video game um, that is going to be made into a film. Um, we, we, we thought there was going to be a renaissance of this, given Tomb Raider was out and Sonic the Hedgehog is coming out. Oh, so, yes. why, why not Uncharted? But uh, Mark Wahlberg is set to join the Uncharted movie again. I say again because he was, um, before this, he was actually touted to play the main character. Mm. Um, but now Tom Holland is uh, going to be the main character and he's apparently going to play Mark Wahlberg is apparently going to play the supporting role the mentor to Tom Holland's character called Sully maybe or Scully or how do you know this I don't know that I know stuff because um, it's it's the CZ movies it's the the most informed podcast out there except that I can't quite remember his name <laughs> uh, yes apparently this project has been gestating so long that he's gone from being a uh, uh, the the young hopeful to being the uh, the old wise man. So, good luck to him all. Yeah, yeah, he could have played a grown up version of what his previous character would have been anyway. Mm. So he'd probably be the same. That Nathan Fillion um, short film for Uncharted is very good. I still haven't seen that yet. I need to watch it. Check that out. I mean, I've never seen Uncharted the game. So I've got no it's idea very popular. Though. Like it, it's so. very popular. It's basically it's yeah. yeah, Tomb Raider but a male protagonist. Uh, speaking of things that are popular, do you remember when Michael Jackson was popular? That is a um, horrible segue, but go on. <laughs> Only if you shine a light on it. Uh, Michael Jackson, whose his reputation is not all, all, all that it used to be. Yeah, I know. Um, somewhat optimistically, his estate have given the rights uh, to a film about his life. Oh, uh, wow. To Graham King, the producer of Bohemian Rhapsody. So he's got the rights to it and uh, to use all the music. That's very um, brave. There is not the smallest chance that this film is going to happen, surely. That's sure. very, very brave. He has yeah. so many accusations that's coming out against him after his death. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, wow. I'm, I'm assuming that his family has quite a bit of creative control over the film. I guess so. I guess so. Because, uh, I mean, presumably, yeah, they're not like, yeah, make a film with all the allegations in it. and um, But then, on the other hand, you've got to touch on them, surely. Mm, so Exactly. Um Speaking about biopics and musical biopics, Dexter Fletcher, uh, the director of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman. Ooh. Uh, yep. Sorry. I, I, you know, and I know he's the director of, of Bohemian Rhapsody, but I think officially, Brian <laughs> Singer was the director of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I, uh, I, 
I don't want the Directors Guild of America getting onto us. Yeah, well, anyway. Yes, um, him. He's set to direct a Dracula movie called oh, right. Reinfeld. That's his. Oh, uh, this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for those who don't know, Reinfeld is a fly eating lunatic who worships vampires. So, the kind of film that you would like to watch, Colin. Can't wait for it. Yep. <laughs> is this universal? Is this part of their, uh, their dark universe? Are we still talking about Dark Universe? Why are we talking about this? It's definitely <laughs> out of the way already. No one cares about it. Well, they seem to be kind of by stealth doing it now. Where they're making... I said, The Invisible Man has just got a trailer. And it, it, it's not, there isn't officially a Dark Universe, but they're kind of sneaking these things out anyway. Uh, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the King's Man has been pushed back from February to September 2020. Just... Uh, uh, which is odd because the trailers have been out for a while they all seemed ready to go but it's been pushed back by seven months um, whilst we're talking about film release dates we've got um, Marvel have chucked out their release dates as they like to do staking claim for things um, so we've got Marvel films as yet we don't know what they are in October 22 and then February, May, July and November 2023 which I think is the first time we've had four Marvel films in a year it's such MCU a long films in a year. time away there's a long way away, but there's they've. Well, even though you kind of get the question, like, is the uh, is the superhero movie genre going to be bust soon? Yeah. The good people at Marvel clearly don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, given how much money they've made for over the past ten years, right? I don't see them stopping in this. There's no reason why they would. Um, speaking about release dates, anyway, uh, Black Adam has a release date now as well. Twenty second of December, twenty twenty one. This is the offshoot um, of uh, the Shazam film series with Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam. Uh, yeah, two more years down the line. And um, now... Is there, is there Shazam 2 in, in the world? No, no, not that I'm aware of. Okay. And I think it's going to be difficult as well, given that the kids are going to grow up very quickly. Uh, they're not going to it's 2 as in DH again, are they? I have no idea. Because the thing is, like Shazam is all about a kid being a superhero. And that's the mm. main draw of it. It doesn't really work when Billy Batson, the 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 kid character, grows up. It really doesn't work at all. I mean, throughout the entire comic book series, he has never grown up. He's always remained a teenager. Um, right. So, and his so, his immaturity is part of his appeal. And so, if they're gonna do one, they better rush it out. They better do that. <laughs> they really yeah. do. Um, given that they have like five child actors that they're working with, it's going to be yeah. impossible. It's going to be impossible. Um, I would say. Um, speaking of the DC Universe as well uh, Patrick Wilson has confirmed that he's coming back in uh, Aquaman 2 as King Orm he was the villain in the first uh, Aquaman and yeah who knows who will play uh, in this one cool well, well, uh, a couple more uh, yeah I, I assume he's playing the same character yeah I mean but whether he's the villain or not sorry alright mm. he might team up anti-hero or something. Uh, a couple more DC things so intriguingly uh, on the, I think it was the two year anniversary of Justice League um, there's a lot of uh, campaigning to release the Snyder Cut. Yes. Um, so for those who don't know the background, uh, Zack Snyder was director of, of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and was working on Justice League, then uh, well, either stepped aside or was moved aside, and Joss Whedon came in and uh, finished the job. And uh, even though Man of Steel is not very good and Batman v Superman is bad, um, they seem to have a lot of fans, and so they've been asking for the Snyder Cut of the film to be released, and I think... DC Warner Brothers have been kind of half saying well there isn't one but uh, well in this last couple of weeks um, they've been pushing again but Gal Gadot Ben Affleck and is it 
Ray Fisher, the guy who plays Cyborg in a way, um, have all tweeted this as well. Is, is um, it? I have my doubts about this. You know, if it was that good, right? I have no. I I wouldn't see why DC wouldn't release it immediately. You know. Um, yeah, I guess they don't want to embarrass themselves or overshadow. But it's been too long. It's been so long already since the film has been released, and it's not like the film has gotten good reviews anyway. So like, there there, there must be a reason why they've been holding on for so long. And I, I the only thing I can think of is that the 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 other cut must be quite bad as well. I'm I mean I'm assuming it's gonna be bad <laughs> based on the other ones, but well, it's probably more likely just it's not finished. I thought because it wasn't like that he handed in a film and then they said actually nobody's changed it. I think I think he was. Moved on part way through, mm. but I, I'd be amazed if we're not going to get something, um, just because I don't think these people would have tweeted it unless it was unless they knew it was coming. Mm, that's true. Um, that's very. True. I mean, Ben Ben Affleck just wants to forget the whole thing's happened. <laughs> so, so clearly, someone's made him do this. But more than I mean, Gal Gadot, who's who's got Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four coming out next year, she's not going to rock the boat, is she? She's she's not going to do something to annoy um, Warner DC, Brothers. Yep. So I, I think. I think I'm surprised it wasn't announced that week. I, I kind of assumed that it was leading up to an announcement of why it's going to come out as a limited edition DVD or, or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised we haven't heard more on that. But uh, watch this space. Oh well. Uh, yeah, you can get a DVD and let me know why Hoya is coming. Yeah, I'll check it out. Mm, thank you. Thanks for your sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not happy about it. But, uh... <laughs> um, Star Trek Four. Um, Something that's been in the works, but no one knows what's going to happen since the last film was in 2016, Star Trek Beyond. Um, there, there, have been, there have been talks about it, but who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Noah mm. Hawley has been tapped to write and direct a potential Star Trek 4. Um, he is the showrunner behind the Fargo and the Legion TV series. Um, All right. Yeah, but that's just it. It's just um, hearsay at the moment again. Um, it's been a while since that Because it was going to be Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth team up until they couldn't agree yeah exactly so who knows what's going to happen in this one um, mm. and that Quentin Tarantino Star Trek film is still theoretically happening um, <laughs> he's got only one film left to do in his 10 yeah, film right. promise so um, a bit more DC news uh, Henry Cavill has said that he is still Superman uh, here's a quote for you um, there's a lot I have to give for Superman yet a lot of storytelling to do a lot of real true depths to the honesty of the character I want to get into I want to reflect the comic books that's important to me there's a lot of justice to be done for Superman the status is you'll see um, so we kind of all assumed that he was done either through his choice or they just kicked him off um, which that weird ending to Shazam when Superman turned up but it wasn't Henry Cavill kind of made us all think that even more but Henry Cavill wants, wants to come back just bizarre because he has a TV series going on now. He's playing The Witcher. The Witcher, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I don't know why he wants to come back. Yeah, maybe he loves the character too much. Uh, I guess he must do. And, and it's a huge, it's, it must be very disappointing for him to to know that he's not really done it justice. Not through his own fault, I don't think. I just no, think I don't. he hasn't been given <laughs> Yeah, he still has his moustache in one of the films anyway. His so. moustache, yes. Uh, I, I don't think Amy Adams will return, though. Um, Yeah, I don't think... I don't, well, it depends what the money's like, I suppose. Um, she turned up for uh, Justice League. She did, which, yeah, I mean, for actress of that calibre. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one, because I imagine she she wasn't in Justice League masses, so it's probably not too much, to, too many days filming, and it's not, it probably doesn't hurt her reputation. I know, that's likely. true, that is true. So, uh, 
But it'd be such a, I mean, we, we haven't had... I, I think Henry Cavill could make a great Superman if, if you can give him better material. So. <laughs> That's true. Uh, my last bit of news is the... I've saved the best for last, obviously. Yeah. Just like obviously. you always do, Colin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there's a new trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Yeah, and it looks so much better now. For for listeners who do not know, the Sonic Hedgehog original trainer got uh, panned extremely. It was derided by critics and everyone alike on the internet. Because to be honest, I've seen that it was awful. It's just awful. Um, they tried mostly, to make mostly a, because of the appearance of Sonic rather than anything else, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. They tried to make something that's from a game more realistic, hmm. and that's never a good thing. And now they uh, they've gone back to the the gaming roots, and it definitely looks like uh, one of the characters from the game. So good on them for listening to everyone. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing: it does look better. It looks kind of oh, like, you've seen it. You say, I've seen the trailer. Yeah, it looks kind of like the game. I'm not going to see this film. <laughs> Are you going to see this film? No. No. So it's weird that they've spent vast amounts of money fixing it, and still no one's going to watch it. It's a uh, fair play to them. Hmm. Uh, I've only got one piece of news left, and I'm surprised that you didn't pick it up actually. Which one is this? Uh, because I thought this would be in your your current oh. run of Nicolas Cage films. Oh no! No, Nicolas Cage is in talks <laughs> to play uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh no! There's a, a film pitch where Nicolas Cage um, talks to a '90s version of himself, um, <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who among other things will criticise um, his choices, his film choices along the oh, way. I, oh, okay. This is actually a Nicolas Cage film that I may watch. I say this does sound like something that I would watch. Um, who knows if this will actually happen? But that's that's his latest film he's in talks to do. I don't know whether they'll be de-aging him or whether they'll just get to change his hairstyle and hope for the best. Um, but there you go. That's the latest in the year. Uh, this, uh, in the last few podcasts, he seems to be doing one new film project every fortnight. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, at least this film is something that I may watch compared to the other two. A pig truffle hunter and a janitor battling animatronics in the amusement park. Yes. What a trilogy. Uh, Any more news? Nope, that's it for me. Cool. Uh, in which case, we move on to our next segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that we've seen and tell you the list and whether you should see them or whether you should not Z them. Tijan, have you been oh, watching films? I did actually. And Superb. For all our, our and this is for all our little audiences who listen to our podcast. All our little audiences. Yes, what? those aged below twelve. I see. And all their parents who are dragged to watch this as well. Have you watched Frozen too? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Frozen 2 yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Um, Frozen 2, for those who don't know, is a sequel to Frozen. Which wow, this is so, this is so illuminating. <laughs> which came out in 2013. This is why we do this podcast, to te- answer the questions that other podcasts are afraid to answer. <laughs> did you watch the original Frozen, Colin? Uh, I did. I watched it on a plane. And? Uh, I had a good time. Ah, yeah. Uh, let, uh, let it go. Great song. Great song. I I enjoyed I enjoyed the first Frozen. Um, they had some very catchy songs in it. Um, the they the the cast is very good. They've casted mostly Broadway actors as well, so mm. all of them have good singing chops. Really. <laughs> so you have uh, Idina Menzel, um, who stars as uh, who voices Elsa. Um, she was the star of Wicked and Rent. For those who don't know, you have Jonathan I, Groff, who is the voice of Kristoff, who is the star of... He was in Glee, and he was also in Spring Awakening. You have Josh Gad, who is the voice of Olaf the Snowman. He was also on Broadway as 
in the Book of Mormon. I know my Broadway knowledge. Too, <laughs> this is very good. Quite yeah. a bit. Um, and you have also Kristen Bell, who is not a Broadway singer, but she has a good voice nonetheless, who plays Anna. Mm. And it follows the tale of the Ice Queen, um, which is and completely changes it. Cause I remember reading about the story about the Ice Queen, and it's dark. It's a very dark tale. Mm. They've definitely lightened it up a bit. Frozen Two continues on from um, Frozen, but this time round, they are on a journey to discover the source of Elsa's powers and save their kingdom after a mysterious voice calls out to her. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I know exactly. Um, oh. <laughs> the Frozen Two was not necessary, but given how popular Frozen was um, and how much Disney loves money, it was inevitable. <laughs> um, yeah. And as I suspected, it, the, the the film was just uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't necessary at all. It doesn't add anything to any of the characters that we didn't know. Um, okay. It was good to explore the past of Elsa, but um, the songs, they were good, but nothing stood out as much as Let It Go did. Um, unfortunately, there were and there were some parts in the film that I really liked as well. Um, Olaf is funny as always. The snowman, there were some bits which were laugh out loud funny. And I also like that the guy, Kristoff, got get to sing, get to sing the love pining song. That's usually oh, yeah. reserved to all the princesses in all of Disney films, but now it's it's now given to a guy, which I do like this uh, gender reversal thing. But um, I'm going to say some spoilers here, Colin. I don't think you care that much about this film anyway, uh, so I'll spoil. No. Halfway through the film, oh, well, midway through the film, apparently Elsa and Olaf dies. And yeah, I, bet, yeah, I bet they don't. Though. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> there's no sticks in this whatsoever, and uh, trying to put that in, trying to manipulate emotions, I found it quite, quite annoying. To be fair, okay. Yeah, so it's it's an okay film. It's not a bad film by any any means necessary. The the the, the graphics are amazing. The voice voices are amazing. The songs are good, not as catchy, but still good. And it's a decent story. I mean, and yeah, it's okay. It's it's something to watch if you have nothing better to do it's not it's not bad by any means okay. so yeah um, I won't be going to cinema to see that one I think but, uh, you can watch it on a plane I'll watch yeah it's, it's a good plane film I think okay uh, I saw Long Shot uh, finally which is uh, came out earlier this year I saw on DVD uh, it's Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron um, she oh is, yes hmm. I, I was wondering what film this was and then now yeah Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron yes yeah, so a comedy she's running to be president uh, he's someone uh, who lived next door to her back in, when they were kids and is now a journalist and he, he's brought onto her team to write for her and they, they begin a romantic relationship. Um, it, it got rave reviews. It was kind of regarded as one of the best comedies of the year. Uh, and? I I, I guess a bit similar to Frozen 2. I, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, in fact, there's, I think all the funniest jokes are kind of throwaway lines. Um, so the kind of you hear it and think oh that was that was brilliant but they've already moved on to something else mm. um the, the general plot it's it reminds me a bit of love actually actually do, do, you, do you remember the bit in love actually where hugh grant as prime minister has a go at the u.s president and everyone's cheering <laughs> well they're not cheering on screen but in, the idea is at home like yes finally a prime minister is going to stand up to the usa this felt a bit like seth rogan's idea of the ideal president which is someone who does drugs and, and swears ah uh, uh, yeah of course um, and well, in fact, maybe don't, yeah, the, well, it's mostly the drug thing. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and in fact, yes, does does swear about the current incumbent in her 
interview. And I was sat there thinking, this is the worst candidate for president. I would definitely vote for whoever she was standing against. Um, <laughs> uh, so Seth Rogen and I have different views, I think. So there's, there's a lot of funny stuff in it. Um, Seth Rogen is like his drugs, though. He loves a drug. He does. Yes. Uh, and I do not. Um, so yeah, I, I it's, it didn't have, didn't find a place in my heart. But Charlize Theron, I think, is a superb actress and and very versatile. She does a, um, makes very interesting choices mm. in the film she does. But uh, yeah, that's, this isn't one of my favourites. Ah oh, well. Um, we move on then to the main segment of the day. It's the uh, it's the Tom Hanks ranking. Yes. Um, we have ranked. Our ten favorite Tom Hanks films. Oh, we have tried we've to at are... least on my side, on my case. All oh, right, have you not seen ten? <laughs> no, I have seen ten. It, it was a struggle at the end, though. Less like it, like what we did. Who who did we do the last time? I can't remember. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's the end that is always difficult. Yeah, I find it difficult because there's so many. I, I have seen, in fact, it turned out um, thirty three Tom Hanks films. What? So uh, so narrowing it down to ten was quite tricky for me. I seen fourteen. Uh, it was difficult to pick my ten. <laughs> okay, uh, we've also asked the, the world at large to provide um, their favourite Tom Hanks films, which um, we have a few of those as well. So as ever, we will go through from um, from ten to one. Uh, we will score points. The reverse of that. So our tenth choice will score one point, all the way up to our first choice will score ten points. Uh, there'll be one point per suggestion from other people. Uh, we'll total it all up. And we will declare the official best ever Tom Hanks film. This is in the run-up, of course, to um, Will You Be... No, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. I think it was, called. it was going to be called Will You Be My Neighbour. Um, the next uh, Tom Hanks film, which is about Mr. Rogers, which comes out in this country in January and is attracting a world's buzz. Um, shall I kick us off with, yes. uh, with my 10th choice? Uh, on, which Colin. is um, Toy Story 4, uh, which I saw earlier this year. Yes, we did. Uh, we did an episode on it, so I won't talk too long about it. But I thought uh, I don't know a lot of people kind of thought it was unnecessary. I, think I thought might, it was unnecessary. You, you thought it was unnecessary as well. Um, to me, it was the best Toy Story film since the first one. I, I liked um, the characters, and no one, no one on the planet agrees with me. Um, oh but, uh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's my. Wait view. till you see my number one as well, Colin. Okay, uh, so Tom Hanks is is uh, charming as Woody and is really uh, well. He's been playing that role for. 25 years a long time a long time he knows uh, the character uh, back yeah, yeah inside out now so there you go one point for Toy Story 4 my number 10 is uh, Philadelphia this is uh, Tom Hanks first uh, Oscar win uh, for the role as uh, a gay man who got fired from his company uh, because of his homosexuality hmm. uh, yeah and he I don't know he, he, he lost a lot of weight in this film because he 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 got AIDS. Uh, the character got AIDS, so mm. he does look sickly towards the end, and it's it's a it's a very powerful performance from him. Um, his his Oscar is well deserved. Uh, Antonio Banderas is in it as well in <laughs> in a small oh. role as well. I think we've discussed this in the courtroom dramas films. Uh, yes. So I'm not gonna go through a lot of this as well. Was it Denzel Washington? Was it? It's Denzel Washington as yes. well in this as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think I I I like this film a lot. Um, and I definitely prefer this over the other four that's. I have watched. Okay, this uh, this was you know, narrowly missed out on my on my list. Is I've only seen it once. It was very good. Good soundtrack as well. Very yeah. powerful film. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, powerful films um, and Oscar nominations. In fact, I think um, my number nine slot goes to Captain Phillips, uh, in which Tom Hanks played the titular role uh, of a guy who's 
um, ship is taken over by Somali pirates. Uh, it's directed by Paul Greengrass. It, very kinetic, very very good action. Um, he Tom Hanks kind of in this authoritative role. He does very well. I think it, it was it was fine. I was enjoying it. And then the kind of the last scene, uh, or, the, or towards the end, where Tom Hanks breaks down, just really powerful. His best performance or his best scene for a very very long time. I think. Um, which I can see why it got into the, the award nominations. I don't think he got nominated for best actor for that film either. Did he not? No, oh, he I know. Episodes. I know. Bakat Abdi, the the Somali pirate, got nominated for best supporting actor, but I don't okay. think Tom Hanks did uh, get nominated for best actor Fair for this. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, let's say he got nominated for Golden Globe because you know, prove me wrong. Um, he probably is. They nominate everyone there. Um, you're right. He didn't get nominated for best actor, but he did get nominated for an AACTA International Award. So um, why are you checking? Why are you fact checking me, Colin? Uh, BAFTA. He got he got uh, BAFTA nomination. Why are you fact checking me? Um, so because I say this podcast is. I'm not a labor leader. People, <laughs> and you're not a Tory website. I'm well. Maybe maybe the, I'm I'm moving as slowly but surely into uh, into political analysis. <laughs> I got um, lots of nominations. Didn't win anything. Yeah, my my number nine is uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Hmm. Uh, one of the two is it two Tom Hanks McRyan films out there? Uh, four actually. Oh, uh, four! Wow, that's that's how many films I've seen with Tom Hanks and McRyan. Um, the other film that I saw them in was uh, You've Got Mail, and I definitely prefer Sleepless in Seattle, especially especially the um. Uh, the Empire State Building right at the end. It's mm. quite iconic, you know, that scene. Everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, Tom Hanks and McRyan has very good um, chemistry together. I love them both together. Uh, my, my problem, I, I do like Seattle. Um, my main problem with it, I guess, which is maybe why it's not on this list, is that you say they've got good chemistry together, and, and they do, but they're, they're barely together in this film. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, they are. Kind of, they are all separate. <laughs> they're all split yeah. up. Yeah, that's true. That's they, true. They meet again. There's a very powerful scene where he's talking about his uh, his, his ex-wife. Wife, yeah, yeah, um, on the radio. So it's very, very good. But um, I, again, narrowly missed out for me. Uh, next up for me, taking the eighth place is the original Toy Story, um, which I think is the best. It's a good film. Groundbreaking film. Uh, Definitely I mean, groundbreaking. So, so groundbreaking. I mean, um, all all Pixar Disney films. Now it's it's all thanks to the first Toy Story. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah. There's nothing all to it. Like all the DreamWorks animation, mm. all the animations that you see now, it's all thanks to the first Toy Story, mm. and nothing can beat that. Yeah, I mean, even having big name actors in animated films, and it maybe wasn't quite the first, but it was one of the first. Um, so, you, I mean, if you look back on Disney classics, no one's heard of any of the actors, or at least not outside of animation. So, it was to take a huge name like Tom Hanks, who, which are that. I mean, at that point, even bigger than he is now, I guess. One of the, he was probably the biggest actor, or one of the biggest actors around. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my number eight is uh, Captain Phillips, which you've mentioned already earlier. Yeah. Lo- love that film. One of his more, most recent films that I've seen as well. It's a good performance mm. by Tom. Very strong performance by Tom. Yeah. In fact, I know we talked about it, but I, I, I made my list of my 33 films, and, and his, his recent output has not been as strong, right, mm. in, in my view. So I think this is probably the last... Really good one. Well, I've already said Toy Story 4, but if you, if you exclude animation. Yeah, that's true. Um, seventh place for me is Apollo 13. Uh, Ron Howard film. Tom Hanks obviously um, plays Jim Lovell, one of the astronauts stranded in space. I think it's just... Um, I, mean, I, I think when Ron Howard is on form, he's, he's really on form. It's very uh, um, empathetic, I suppose. You've, 
it's an exciting story, very well told. You kind of get the the majesty of space, um, and it's and it's kind of a, just a fun problem solving uh, element to it as well. So how how they're going to get them down? And it's one, I mean everyone knows the Apollo thirteen story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or at least the vast majority of people. So, but they still managed to ratchet up the tension and make it kind of you, not just Tom Hanks' character, but kind of the so Gary Sinise plays the guy who's left on Earth. Um, he has a very emotional storyline as well. So. Uh, Worth checking out. I have not I'd seen Apollo thirteen actually. Yeah, uh, I say uh, very good. Mm. The best of the Apollo films, I would say. You don't need to watch <laughs> the first twelve to understand it. Yeah, that's a bad joke. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got. That's all I've got. Uh, my my number seven is uh, Toy Story, which you mentioned, and I've already said my piece for it. So iconic. Cool. Um, number six for me. Slightly uh, controversially, perhaps, uh, You've Got Mail. That is controversial. Mm. I've seen You've Got Mail, and I definitely prefer Slippers in Seattle or that. Yeah, I've, I've always preferred You've Got Mail. I, I don't know whether it's because I saw it first. Um, I think maybe it's just because they spend more time together <laughs> uh, on screen. I, I think I watched it again a couple of years ago, and it's cornier than I'd remembered. But uh, I think, yeah, still very strong forms just from the two of them. Um, I mean, they're right at their kind of rom com peak based on a play which um, called The Shop Around the Corner which was adapted into a film starring Jimmy Stewart back in the day so I've seen that um, as well but it's, it, it, it possibly hasn't aged brilliantly when you watch the kind of the AOL dial-up on all this but um, although we had AOL dial-up and it did not get online anywhere near as quickly as Meg Ryan's did <laughs> <laughs> I was if it was a genuine realistic film she'd be sat watching that for about five minutes every time she wanted to go and chat to him uh, but for those who haven't seen it, it's uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan chatting online, but also they're kind of rivals. He's from a massive bookstore, and and she is from a little shop around the corner. Um, and there's a dog. <laughs> Unimportant, but that's one. Point, points for the dog. <laughs> um, FYI, since uh, I'm not going to cover them myself, and I suspect you're not, the, the other one is uh, Joe, well, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, the first one in Joe vs. the Volcano. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm struggling to remember the name. They did one Meg Ryan's directorial debut from a year or two ago, which no one watched. Uh, she managed to persuade Tom Hanks to rock up for a bit in that, and she was also in it. So that's the the fourth in the uh, in their team ups. Oh wow! Okay. But yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I'm afraid. Yeah, they're not as famous as uh, this two, though. No, not but yeah. I mean, Joe Vol- first of all, Kano, I guess I think it's a bit of a cult classic. Mm, um, but not really as popular. But not in these ranks, no. Yeah, exactly. My number six is a uh, cult classic. Yeah, well, it's more than that. It's very popular. It's big. Mm. Um, yeah, where Tom Hanks plays a little boy who wants to grow big and wishes it with this weird, creepy-looking machine. Very creepy Zoltan. machine. Very creepy machine. And then he ends up big. It's one of those uh, age transformation um, films that we've spoken about before. And... I think this this film just shows off how well Tom Hanks is and how charismatic he is as an actor. Honestly, mm. he, he carried this film all by himself and he's just great as a big, as a giant kid. Yeah, and, and really, as you say, pulls that off. He, he definitely seems to be uh, a big kid. It was, I think it was just, this is a, a landmark one for him because he done, I mean, he done Splash already. Yeah, I think this, but, um, this was the film that turned around his career quite a bit. Really catapulted him into exactly. the uh, Stratosphere, <laughs> into the stratosphere, yeah, and uh, and the best I think of these kind of films because you say this this idea has been done quite a lot. Mm. Actually, I love Thirteen Going on Thirty. That's such a good film. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I just love that film so much. Uh, yeah, this is this. Is, it's, it's 
slightly creepy um, in that well, he's, he's, what is he, 12, 13, whatever he is. And, and he does sleep with the woman. Yeah, that, that bit was a bit thinks off. that he's an adult. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that famous dancing on the, uh, Keyboards, on the keyboard. Yeah. Uh, in what other place? Fifth place for me. We're is now in the, league, yeah, the big, the big five. In the top five. Top five. Uh, a League of Their Own, um, which I must admit I've only seen once. I want to see it again. But it's uh, uh, not a starring role for him. I think Gina Davis is the star of this film. Um, but it's about a, a women's baseball team that Tom Hanks is coaching and it's surprisingly moving I have to say it's uh, uh, even even though it stars Madonna um, so it's, it's basically just the tale of their, their trials and tribulations and kind of beating low expectations and etc etc but Gina Davis is superb in it um, Tom Hanks does a, does a fine supporting role it's a famous line um, there's no crying in baseball that's mm. his, uh, his line from that which uh, is pretty well known um, and then you kind of get Gina Davis's character moving away from the baseball and, and the recriminations from that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's it's sincere, uh, and, and he's good as well. So there you go, fifth place. My number five is Cloud Atlas, and I've spoken to Jeff about this as well. Directed by the Wachowskis, based off a book by David Mitchell. I love the book when I read it. It's a story about six different intertwining stories. Well. Um, which are set in different places. Tom Hanks plays multiple roles in this six uh, six mini films in this giant film, and I I watched this with my brother, and we both loved the book. And I thought this 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 film captured, you know, managed to do it justice because the book is quite difficult to be able to mm. readapt into a film. It's it's almost impossible, but I thought they did it justice, and you know, because of that, I'll give it, I'll give it like. Or the yeah, you know, or the thumbs up like a gift. I know it was panned by the critics, but well, kind of got mixed reviews. Yeah, it, mixed it? reviews. That's true. But I, I loved it. It was one of my favorite films. Yeah, I, I thought it was a very good style. I'm not sure it entirely worked on every level, but uh, enjoyed it. Um, fourth place for me is Big, which you talked about. So uh, mm-hmm. back to you. Yeah, fourth place for me is uh, Saving Mr. Banks, where. Tom Hanks plays uh, Walt Disney and uh, Emma Thompson plays P.L. Travis. Uh, this is the, the story about uh, Mary Poppins. Uh, well, the how Disney got hold of the rights to, to film Mary Poppins. And uh, mm. for those who don't know, P.L. Travis uh, wrote about <laughs> Mary Poppins. And in real life, she definitely hated the film. Yes. Uh, she didn't like all the, the penguins and... <laughs> Mm. <laughs> everything in um, Mary Poppins but yeah um, th- this film um, and indeed she, she banned them from doing a sequel didn't she I, I think so I think so she mm. was quite she was quite harsh on it um, oh, I love this film as well um, anything <laughs> Disney related is all, all good with me really um, well, Tom Hanks course, played yes. a very good uh, and obviously there are a lot of Mary Poppins references and I'm a big fan of her, Mary Poppins as well so mm. I like that they put it in and it, it's quite a touching story even though obviously they took a lot of creative um Liberty in this film. In this film, yeah. at the end of this, um, you see P.L. Travers watching the film and you know, give it a smile, seemingly liking it. That's definitely not what happened in real life. So they definitely yeah. took a lot of creative license when it comes to her reaction. But you know, both Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson are brilliant in the role. So can't fault them for that. It's interesting because it? it's Disney doing a film about Disney, so it's never going to be too critical, was it? Exactly, um, yeah. I thought Colin Farrell's very good as her father mm. in Flashback. Um, third bronze medal for me is Castaway, which we talked about um, extensively last time when we were talking about one-man films. And Zijan, you said that you would watch Castaway before yes. this ranking. Did that happen? No. Cool. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I was meant uh, to, but I was busy. Last week was very busy for me. Fair enough. Well, it's, uh, there you go. It's my third favorite Tom Hanks film. Mm-hmm. Uh, my third favorite Tom Hanks film is uh, his second Oscar win, which is in Forrest Gump. Mm. Uh, where, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure most people who yeah who has, has seen Forrest Gump before, um, it's just about this character, Forrest, who goes through... Uh, and his entire life, well, not his entire life, till like middle age, maybe. And you see him, you know, meeting lots of lots of famous people. He does a lot of weird and crazy stuff that, you know, doesn't really link to each other. But, you know, it's, it's again, it shows Tom Hanks at his forte, you know. Yes, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's an absolute classic, isn't it? I know it, it, there's a lot of people who hate Forrest Gump, but I've never quite worked out why. But I, I think it, yeah, it's a beautifully touching story. It's hilariously funny. Yeah, um, it's very charming. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, and quite insightful, I guess, commentary on the politics of the 20th century of a lot of what it of what it shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see all these presidents and and Vietnam and um, all sorts. But uh, yes, I, I'm a big fan. I think he's fantastic. He, as you say, his second Oscar win. It was second consecutive Oscar win, uh, making him only the second actor to win back to back Best Actor Oscars after Spencer Tracy. Wow. Um, Good on him, though. Hmm. He's never done it since. So that's, that's nominated loads, though. Nominated loads. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. W- wonderful film, and it is my second favorite Tom Hanks film. So, uh, so good. nine points from me. My second favorite is um, Saving Private Ryan, directed by. Um, is your in the Tom Hanks Saving series? I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Matt Damon Saving series, isn't it? Because Prior uh, Ryan is uh, Matt Damon. Sure. <laughs> so I was just going because you, you've had Saving Mr. Banks and Saving Prior Ryan. That's, uh, that's, oh, that was okay. Going, yeah. That, that okay. was what I was going with there. Ah, fair enough. I get that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Saving Saving Prior Ryan, uh, Steven Spielberg, um, great war film. Um, although, again, it's one of those things that Matt Damon requires a lot of people to spend a lot of money and a lot of lives lost just to save him every single time in all his films. This, this is, yeah. No, this I, is my problem with this film. Yeah, I know, I know, I do. Pe- I know people uh, have problems with this. The premise of this film, because I think how many soldiers have died just to save one guy, and I do understand why they had to save him because three of his brothers have already died in the war, so they just wanted mm. the the mom to have one of these. But I, I, this is a great war film. I mean, it's the the, the opening sequence itself. It's it's so memorable. It's so so memorable when you see. Um, I think I I can't remember. What it's called, but it's the storming of the. Is it Omaha Breach? Yeah, no. storming of the beach, and that that sequence alone is is why you should just watch the film itself. It's just stunningly done. Cinematography, rice. It's just beautiful, even though it's uh, love it. Well, surprisingly, uh, not in my top ten. I I know people love this film. I I've only seen it once, and I think I just the, the logic of it annoyed me because like surely they I, mean, I don't know if it's based on true story or not, but surely they wouldn't. Sacrifice so many people Sacrifice just for one person. One kid. Mm. Um, and it lost out at the Oscars to uh, Shakespeare in Love, which a lot of people got angry about, but Shakespeare in Love is much better, in my view. So fair enough. I'm all, all for it. Uh, fair enough. Uh, so number one spot for me, gold medal, best Tom Hanks film, is Catch Me If You Can, in my view. Um, in which, again, he was actually supporting role, really, to... to well, Leo. it's kind of a two-hander to, to Leo, but I suppose Leonardo DiCaprio is... Is probably the star of Frank William Abagnale. It's um, again Spielberg. It's it's just such a, a zippy, um, stylish film. He's, he's 
Leo plays uh, a con man or a con boy, I suppose, because he's, he's still a kid for most of it. Um, he, and Tom Hanks is the policeman or detective or whatever it is, um, who's on his tail. And it's, I think it's, it's based on a true story. I think the Tom Hanks character is probably a kind of an amalgamation of various different real life people. But it's it's funny, it's touching, it's it's I say really stylish. Um, I think reg- some people regard it as quite throwaway in in Spielberg's canon, which I think is unfair. And indeed, Steven Spielberg, I discovered, thinks is unfair. So there you go. I'm in good company because I think it <laughs> takes a lot of work to make a film that seems that uh, light. So uh, maybe not his. The way we rank this isn't based on performances. So I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily Tom Hanks' best no, performance, but I think it's his best film. So. Fair enough. And. As mentioned before, my number one film, without a doubt, and the best Toy Story film in the franchise okay. right. is Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3? Toy Story was, 3, without a doubt. I was really, I was really expecting you to say uh, to say 2. No, okay. Toy Story 3. Well, um, I was uh, one of those people who were very disappointed with Toy Story 4. I felt it was unnecessary because Toy Story 3 ended the trilogy of films so well so so well and I don't know anyone who didn't shed a tear in the last sequence where Andy handed over his his toys over to Bonnie I thought the uh, so much I uh, like about this film honestly it's uh, the graphics are great the voices are great as always you know these characters so well after watching them in the past two films and watching them hand over being handed over at the end to from Andy to Bonnie just feels like the, the, the best way to end you know, it's just the perfect way to end this this film series, and I love it so much. Obviously, the Oscar nominations uh, agree with me because it was nominated oh, yeah. for best film, which is makes it one of the rare animated films that was nominated for best film in the Toy Academy Story Awards. Four could still be nominated for best film. We it won't. Know. It definitely won't. <laughs> I can bet they won. Yeah, I think it's probably on safe ground. Um, yeah, I I said this before, but my main thought in the last scene was. Uh, the house at Pooh Corner did this so much better. So if you want, to me, if you want a story of kind of kids outgrowing their their toys that is heartbreaking, just read the last few pages of the House at Pooh Corner, and it's uh, knocks Toy Story three out of the park. Anyway, not important. Uh, we're not a book, not a book podcast, are we? No, we're not. Uh, well, you, the listener, have um, been contributing your suggestions for your favourite Tom Hanks film. Um, so let me rattle through those. Um, I actually got a bit of time. Um, so, in fact, I was included. I just happened to mention it at work, and some people suggested things at work, so I've included them as well. Uh, so Joss from work, he says Toy Story is his favourite. Uh, Ross from work says Apollo 13. Um, Ian from work says Big and Turner and Hooch. Um, uh, surprising bid for Turner and Hooch there which if you haven't seen it is um, Tom Hanks teaming up with a dog yep. to fight crime yep. uh, Rich from work says Dragnet which uh, is based on the TV series um, him and Dan, Dan Aykroyd I think uh, my brother Simon says you've got mail he's with me uh, Danny says Forrest Gump uh, Kev says Polar Express which I have not seen um and I think might be the only one on any of these lists that I haven't seen. I haven't uh, seen that either. And it's an animation film as well. So and yeah, kind of fairly early, early two thousands. Yeah, it was probably Zemeckis, I think. Is it Christmassy? I think. Yeah, it's Christmassy. Yeah. Um, I seem to. I saw a trailer for it, and I thought it was one of those kind of trying to get humans in animation form, and wasn't quite there yet. But. Uh, but hey, anyway, he liked it. Green Mile, which actually I didn't. I only saw the first half off back at uni. 
um, and Forrest Gump. Uh, my cousin Bethany says Polo Express and Bridge of Spies, which again Spielberg um, about Cold War kind of and spies. Transfer negotiation with spies and stuff. Um, I thought it was quite boring. I see that as well. I thought it was quite boring as well. Um, Judy says Green Mile. Rachel says Castaway. Um, my friend Rich says Forrest Gump. Uh, Becca says The Terminal, which uh, again Spielberg. He's a lot of Spielberg. Uh, which I almost made onto my list. I didn't like the ending, to be honest, which they reshot. But about a guy who got stuck at an airport, basically, because his country ceased to be a country whilst he was there, so he couldn't leave. Yep. Uh, and again, based on a true story, I think it's nice. It's a very touching, kind of, um, or quite amusing stories of people who work around the airport and their interactions. Zoe Saldana, um, I think it was Zoe Saldana, sort of sprung to fame-ish on that one. Um, Smudger from work says Forrest Gump. Uh, Andy says Catch Me If You Can. Darren says the Toy Story series, which I've generously counted as one vote for each of the four Toy Story films. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and he also says Dragnet. Uh, Rob says Forrest Gump by Miles with, and then Castaway second. Uh, we've got another vote for Turner and Hooch from Martin. And finally, Tony has said Captain Phillips. Uh, so, I knew something. There's a lot of repeat there. So we've got 23 films on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the top 10. In fact, it's going to be a... Uh, top 12 because we've got four films on six points nice which are a league of their own you've got mail captain phillips and cloud atlas we've got so much power in this world colin we do we always do um as demonstrated by the fact that saving mr banks comes next with seven points then saving private ryan with nine points so you're the only one who went for saving private ryan um and toy story with nine points so that's got votes from both of us and two of our listeners um, so the top five, the fifth best Tom Hanks film is Castaway. Uh, the joint third, and it's just the ones that we gave top points to, and neither of the other gave us gave anything, yep. and no one else. Oh no, sorry, no, that's not quite true. That's not true at all. One other person gave a point to each of them. So Catch Me If You Can and Toy Story Three, both with eleven points. Uh-huh. Uh, Big takes second place with 13 points a bit high score from both of us and um, one of our listeners but 9 points clear at the top on 22 points uh, conclusively the best Tom Hanks film no real surprise here uh, is Forrest Gump yeah my second your third and 5 other people gave it points definitely not a surprise here at all Uh, I mean if anyone thinks of a Tom Hanks film Forrest Gump would be well, at the front of you know that's your archetypal huh? Um, we, I didn't ask him of this, and I haven't prepared you for this. But um, do you have a, a worse Tom Hanks film? Do you think? I don't think so. Not for me. No. Have you not seen uh, Angels and Demons or Da Vinci Code? Oh yeah, I did watch Angels and Demons. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, films. I watched the Da Vinci Code as well. I hate those films. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, um, that'll do for Tom Hanks, which moves us on to uh, look back in Oscar. Yeah, we've got time for this. Um, so we talked about the film Terms of Endearment. Oh, sorry, we watched the film Terms of Endearment, and we're going to talk about it. Yep. So for those who don't know, we alternate uh, between uh, looking back at a past Oscar winner, and the other time we'll be doing Actor Factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time around, we have the 1983 Oscar Best Oscar winner, uh, Terms of Endearment, which stars Shirley MacLaine, Deborah Winger, Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito, 
Jeff Daniels and John Lithgow. I think I've mentioned all the main cast. All the big ones. And I say when I was watching the opening, all these names kept coming up, and I was like, "Wow, what a great cast!" It is. So I, didn't, right? I didn't really know much about this film at all. Mm. Um, it was nominated for eleven Academy Awards at the fifty-six Academy Awards, winning Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay. So yeah, uh, for that's the Shirley McLean and Jack Nicholson, wasn't it? Because uh, John Lithgow and Deborah Wingo were both nominated Later as well for the same yeah. category. Yep, and yeah, that's my quick summary of this film. Well, um, the other bit which I didn't talk about was the synopsis and the plot of this film. It's uh, it just follows the mother daughter relationship spanning over thirty years. That's it. That's as simple as that. Hmm. Yes. So what do you think? Uh, um, so this this film reminded me a lot about Boyhood. Okay. But when I was watching this, I was like, oh, this this has boyhood wipes. And for those who don't know, boyhood was shot over how many years? 27 years? Uh, 12. 12. <laughs> okay, much, much shorter than that. <laughs> yeah, 12, 12 years, following the life of a child growing up. And, and this had that, um, this this had that, uh, that feeling for me, uh, like boyhood, but without them looking like they've aged 30 years. None of them look like they've aged 30 years over that 30 year period at all. No, I mean for the for first couple of scenes they got a different actress for the daughter, but yes, there's a lot of Vaseline on the lens in the first couple of scenes to make sure that McLean looked in her twenties or whatever yeah. she's supposed to look like. Yeah, know. but they, they they definitely do not look like they've done <laughs> they've no, aged at all. No. So um, yeah, which goes to speak about the the effects back then. Um, I thought the 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 acting in this film is phenomenal. It, mm. it really is, especially um, Shirley MacLaine. I thought. She she was incredible in this film. Honestly, uh, she does get a lot of uh, meaty work to do, as you would expect. She plays the mother, um, and uh, I thought she was just incredible. I could just spend my whole time watching her uh, act. It's it's just that good. Um, I I I got a few pet peeves with this film, but it's more because yeah. of the, the way they tell this film, it, it just felt like small clips, you know, put quite- together. And yeah. there wasn't the the flow wasn't there. Like it just felt like it's always cut short when it should be longer, for example. And sometimes there are okay. scenes which doesn't add too much to the film, but within there anyway, which I I get a little bit annoyed with when I watch films. It's just the flow. The flow is just it's not as smooth as I like it to be. It just feels a bit truncated at bits. If that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's got mm. particularly. I mean, I guess from the earlier bits, particularly they kind of jump. Well, actually, I quite like the way they jump because you'd, you'd have a scene and then you'd see her the next scene she's pregnant. And think, okay, right. The next scene has a baby, yeah, a toddler. Um, I I watched this over a couple of evenings. Actually, I watched maybe the first thirty to forty minutes one night, and then I watched the rest of it the next okay. night. Um, the first night, I thought this is fantastic. I, I love this film, and it was shaping up to be kind of one of the favorite films I've seen for a while. Uh, I just love the, the characters, particularly Deborah Winger. I thought she was superb. Um, and at that point, so there's going to be some spoilers for this 1983 film. Yep. Um, she she hooked up with, with Flap, who was played by Jeff Daniels. They were, they were um, driving away to Des Moines, I think it was, uh, which I think is in Iowa. Um, so they're leaving behind. And, and it's kind of shaping up for this uh, mother-daughter relationship that's a bit fractured. So you kind of see, it's kind of the first scene you see that the, the mother really loves her daughter. And then you kind of see them fighting with each other and, and cracking a bit. And, and I kind of had this view of how this film was going to go, that they would kind of gradually realise how much they loved each other and mend this relationship all the while. Blah, blah, blah. Which, which to, to a certain extent, it does. Yeah, not, um, not, not really, though. I, I always, you know, like, the fights never seem like fights to me, you know? Because mm. they, they always make up very quickly after that. Because, because of the clip-jumping thing, like... 
I think this is my this is I I didn't love this film in the end, and I think that there are two main reasons for that. Um, one of which is is kind of the characters did seem to turn on a dime, so they, they had this kind of slightly French relationship, but then she kind of came home and just jumped into her mother's arms and she was hugging her. Yeah, like, exactly. Where where did that happen? Exactly. There was there was no kind of consistent character, and similarly with Michelle McLean's character hooking up with Jack Nicholson, it was like I get that it was supposed to represent her kind of evolving. Uh, relationship and, and emotions and stuff, but it just seemed to happen in, in a second. Just suddenly, um, complete kind of one eighty. So I didn't, I didn't really buy the consistent characters. And, and the other thing for me, and again, spoilers, but um, so you get this scene where um, Deb, I'm going to use actor name, sorry, um, Deborah Winger accuses uh, Jeff Daniels of cheating on her, and he's kind of like, oh, you always get paranoid when you're pregnant. I thought it was quite a sweet moment where he's kind of they got this loving relationship, and he's yeah. He's, and then it turns out that he is cheating on her, and then she's cheating on him with John Lithgow, and then he cheats on her with someone else, and then, and, and it was played so weirdly because I think, well, I've I've lost any kind of respect or affection for you, I guess, that you're just casually cheating on your your partner like this, particularly Jeff Daniels, who then just goes and lies to her about it while she's pregnant, and yeah, and, and he moves somewhere else as well just to be with his girlfriend, just to be near the girl, which is, and, and while she's while he's still married, yeah. And they're kind of like so, oh, and she kind of just looks like, oh, you, you and your ways. And I think, well, this, what, this just doesn't ring true at all. So I think where I thought it was going to go was not where it really went, mm. and so it was quite disappointing to, to me in that in that respect. And I agree with you; it's very well acted. I'm, I'm surprised Jack Nicholson won an Oscar for that. I thought he was good, but I'm not sure he was. He was Oscar worthy. Yeah, uh, I thought Jeff Daniels was the best of the the, the male cast, to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, I. I also, it's, so it's based on a series of books. Um, I know. Which it's, is oh, I didn't know it's a series of books. I thought it was just based on one book. Yeah, I, I took the title from one, but I think it takes. I think it takes events from a number. But this is why the title doesn't make any sense because it's torn from the book. Which maybe it makes sense in the book. I don't know. But mm. in terms of endearment, what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> it was anyway. very popular. This book, this film, though, it was the second highest grossing film in that in 1983. Mm. Wow. Is that after Star Wars? I guess. Return uh, of the Jedi. I think so. Probably. I'm not sure. That'd be eighty-three, um, and also, Deborah Winger is 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 a true delight. I can't imagine anyone cheating on her. Um, there you go. Apparently, she and Shirley MacLaine uh, didn't get on. Yeah, uh, I I read that as well. Mm. Uh, so there you go. That's our latest uh, look back in Oscar. Uh, next time we're doing Actor Factor. Uh, what are we um, doing? We're doing Jessica Chastain. Because I happened to listen to an interview with her recently. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, so she hasn't got anything else to uh, We move on then to our final segment of um, of today, which is the quiz. Uh, it's about Jumanji, and I am one up with two quizzes to go. Oh, only one up? Only one up. Oh, it is possible. I thought, to be honest, I've been getting lazy. I thought I... I no, I no, no. I, Why did you I check I, anyway, Colin? Won this at a canter and it's going to go down to the wire. Why did you check this? I, I, uh, I, 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 I was trying it. to make sure you didn't check this at all. I, I was well, keeping I, track. I you've lulled me into a false sense of security. <laughs> um, do you want to hit me with your first Jumanji question? Yes. Question one. What kind of factory does Alan Parrish's father own? Ooh... Uh, shoe. Yeah, that's correct. This is quite a memorable scene because there was a shoe being stuck into a, put into a machine at the beginning of mm, the first Jumanji. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, Jonathan Hyde played Alan Parrish's father and which other character in Jumanji? Uh, when Pelt, right? Very good, yes. Yeah, because there's this uh, analogy that the father and the captain 
the the when Pelt were the same mm. character because he had some resentment towards him. In fact, I think we talked about it in our uh, actors playing multiple roles podcast back in the day. Mm. Uh, question two: Which character appeared in both Jumanji and Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, but in different iterations? Oh, uh, well, Van Pelt. Yeah, yes. that's true. Yes. Um, who composed the music for the original Jumanji in the same year he did Oscar-nominated work for Braveheart and Apollo 13? Oh, oh this hard. This hard, man. Mm. I know it's not John Williams. I want to say John Williams, which is annoying me so much. I can't think of any composers at the moment. Uh, something Horner? Is it James Horner? I'll go James it Horner. Is, it is James Horner. Very good. Oh, wow. Really? Pull that out the bag. Oh, oh. wow. That's, that's amazing. How do I know that? <laughs> yeah. I'm quite impressed with myself now. I've, yeah, no, gosh, that's, that's not bad at all. I've yeah. won the year already. I don't care what, whoa, what happens. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't care what happens now anyway. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Uh, question three. Who directed the first Jumanji film? Um, oh goodness me I wrote this down I didn't write this down I thought of this I thought he's definitely going to ask who directed it better make sure to remember that and then I didn't um, you get put it out of your back as well was it Joe Johnston it is Joe Johnston yeah pulled that out of the memory banks although less impressive because that was a clear Um, who wrote the books that both Jumanji and Zithura are based on Uh, this is uh, Chris Van Alsberg it is Chris Van Alsberg. Uh Question four. According to Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, what animal is a witness of Jefferson Seaplane McDonald? Animals the witness of Jefferson Seaplane McDonald. I'm trying to remember which one Jefferson Seaplane McDonald is. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a strength and weaknesses uh, scene, right? So I'm just trying to... <laughs> yeah. It's the most famous scene from that, I think. <laughs> which animal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he must be. I'm, I'm trying to think who Jefferson's. There wasn't a Jefferson C play from Um, oh, unless that's the. Oh, was that the Nick Jonas one? Um, snakes? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. In the film, a mosquito landed on him and killed him. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Um,. <laughs> What was the first incorrect answer? Um, question four for you. Uh, who played the older version of Nick Jonas's character in Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? Ooh. Is this Colin Hanks? It is Colin Hanks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I So... Are we doing Zatura questions or not? So I've got two questions. I didn't know whether we were going to do Zatura or not. Um, um, so I've got another Jumanji question as well, just in case. It's, it's, I, th- I think it's legitimate to ask Zatura questions. Yeah, they're all part of the Jumanji series. Okay, okay. So, so long as you're aware. Uh, question five. What's the name of the alien race serving as the chief antagonist in Zatura? I mean, it's I mean, it's not valid at all. <laughs> okay, okay. I can ask my next <laughs> no, question. That's, no, that's fine. I think you, you, you asked that question. I just... I did read the entire plotline of this, so I should know. Have you not uh, seen it? Josh Hutchison's in it. You love Josh I Hutchison. Have not, I've, I've not seen it. No. <laughs> Even the Josh Hutchison's in it. Um, uh, I'm not going to be able to guess this. The Titans. The Zorgans. Zorgans. Well, you've won this, but uh, have a have a final question just to see if you can get full marks. Um, what does Fridge use to destroy the Jumanji game at the end of Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? What is it? Sorry? 
What does Fridge use to destroy the Jumanji game at uh, the end of Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? Oh no, I can't remember this. I can't remember this. I'm going to pass. I won this anyway. Okay, it was a it was a bowling ball. Um, out of interest, what was your Jumanji question? Uh, which actor will play a brand new avatar called Ming in Jumanji The Next Level? Oh, that was Aquafina, wasn't that it? That is Aquafina. Ah, uh, well. Uh, I did offer means, you the choice, Colin. You did, you did. Uh, which means we're level for the years, Ejan, which means it's going to come down to? To, the, to the last quiz on films written by Christopher McQuarrie. Okay, I'm going to start researching tonight. Yes, <laughs> you won't speak say, to me till the next two weeks. This two is for the win. Of, this is this is important. This I'm is for the win. Christopher McQuarrie. I'm going to get facts straight from him. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe uh, it. We're level. This what a turnaround. And uh, what is our main topic for next time, Zijan? Uh, um, you have told me this via Facebook Messenger, and now I'm yes. looking it up. I'm not looking this up at all whatsoever. Uh, why I'm not scrolling the film up at all? Directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh yeah, the Irishman. The Irishman. It's coming out on Netflix. Um, ooh, the next. In fact, as, as you listen to this, I think it might be coming out today. I think so as too. We, as we record, it's in a few days away. Um, so I'm very excited by that one. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>